a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It is Crimson Corner time, and this time, a very special edition talking about the Pac-12 championship. Yes, against all odds, Utah managed to find their way into the Pac-12 championship game. The cards played in their favor, and now they are heading back to Las Vegas to take on USC, the fourth-ranked USC Trojans. Utah is currently ranked number 12 right now. And that uh, it got me thinking about the last time that Utah and USC met on neutral ground in Las Vegas, uh, 2001, the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, you go and you research this thing. There are some odd similarities leading into this game uh, that if you compare it to 2001, it, it feels a little similar. Let's let's tick some of these things off, first of all. So we have uh, Pete Carroll, first-year head coach at USC. Lincoln Riley, also first-year head coach at USC. You have uh, Matt Leinert in line for the Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams, also in line for the <laughs> for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and then you start looking at it from Utah's side. Well, I mean, Utah had Coach Ronnie Mack kind of heading into the end of his career. Kyle Whittingham also kind of in a similar phase. Don't know exactly when his last last year will be. Could it be this year? I suppose. I I don't know for sure on that one, but he's he's definitely kind of winding down. Uh, and like I said, now now we're meeting on this neutral ground in Las Vegas. The last time this meetup happened, Utah was the one that came out on top. And to talk about the 2001 Las Vegas Bowl, I brought into in some very I think familiar people to you guys uh safeties Antoine Sanders and Arnold Parker guys what's up <laughs> how you doing thank you for having me yeah absolutely so guys talk talk about this game when when it was announced that you guys were going to be playing USC in the Las Vegas Bowl at that time that was not a matchup that Utah got to have very often no not at all and it was it was a very unique matchup also because I think um I think that was the same year. That was um, two thousand. Was that two thousand and one when the um when the, yeah. the twin towers had blew up. Mm-hmm. So I think we had a delay on winning the game. So we played Air Force at the end of the season because we already got invited to the bowl, the bowl game, but we lost that game at the end of the season. So we actually just got in by chance. But it was a very exciting game because you know USC strong tradition, and like you said, Pete Carroll, Carlton Palmer, 
all this big time star power. They were on. They were pretty much beginning their run at USC, their, their dynasty, and um, to know that we're going against them was a very exciting game. Yeah, I, I was super excited. It was my first year at the University of Utah, and I'm like, we're going to a bowl game. And then when I heard it was on ESPN, <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I needed to know. ESPN, um, they had Carson Palmer, like you said, at quarterback. And then they had a guy named Troy Palomalu on the other side mm-hmm. who played safety. And, you know, he was the he was the talk of the town. And so in my head, you know, we got ASAP. And <laughs> Arnold Parker coming to town to take care of business as soon as possible. It was like, we're going to find out who the best safety on the field is. So it was a unique opportunity and experience. Uh, I remember the bus ride down there, uh, the practice we had out leading up to the game, and then just all the things that was going on around the hotel room. And then when we had the different functions that week, it was pretty unique. Uh, talk about that, because, I mean, USC, even even back then, as Pete Carroll was getting things racked, cranked up for, for the Trojans, they were known as a high-powered offense, and all of a sudden, this game, you guys uglied this game up, and it turned into a defensive slugfest. Then score was 10-6, to six. Uh, you know, and, and again, you mentioned a guy like Troy Palomalu. Everybody was talking about him, but it, it was the Utah defense that really kind of stole the show. Yeah, we had a lot of, we had a lot of talent on that defense. I mean, there were... Yahase Scott, we had Sheldon Decker. Um, there was um, Mike uh, Um Then we had yeah. A Rubble. We had AP. Um, man, we had what, Lewis Powell, Sione Puha. Like all of those guys. I mean, there were so many guys on that defense that it was one of those things where we all we knew throughout the season that we had a really good defense. So going into that game, we just knew we just had to play our ball game. And, you know, it was even more excitement being that, you know, we're playing a team from a different conference. And like AP AP said earlier, USC, they had all the tradition in the world. AP, I don't want to take up all your, you know, time. I'll let you talk. But if you want me to keep going, I'll keep going. (laughs) No, most definitely. Um, It was a very surprising game. Like you said, they had a lot of um, offensive firepower because you hear all these, these, um, these names. You got Kareem Kelly. Kerry Colbert, um, you Just know, I got the name of the running back, but like I said, Carlson Palmer. So we knew about USC put up a lot of points. But it's like like Antoine said earlier, we, we had ASAP and the rest of the Utah defense to where we know we're going back, going back to Vegas, my hometown, to where we had to put on the show. And uh, so we was ready to go uh, and bring a physical game. One thing you know about Utah football, we are a very physical football team. So, therefore, we believe we can match up with anyone across the nation when it comes to um, putting our, our big D linemen and O linemen on the line with the big dogs. And then we have the, the physicality with our with our um, our skilled players to where we can match up with anyone. So, we, we were ready for that game. I think one of the other kind of fascinating connections, uh, again, you, you look at what's happening now versus what happened then. Norm Chow was calling calling the plays on offense. Uh, for those that don't know, Norm Chow is a Utah legend himself, but he he was the offensive coordinator at the time for uh, USC. And this year we have Kyle McDonald, who started out at Utah, is now at USC. Now that we're kind of you know into this Pac-12 era, 
what do you guys think about all these kind of connections with USC? And did you ever envision or see a situation where Utah and USC would share so much history? Uh, shared history, not so much that I see, you know, coming forward into fruition. Uh, but both programs doing good and being elite and, you know, having a chance to share the same stage, that's something I could envision. Uh, I think it's I think it's great for college football. I think it's great for Pac-12. I definitely believe it's great for the University of Utah. Um, I'm looking forward to them again going now with that physical brand of football. And um, I don't want it to be a close game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put the bang thing on those guys, but uh, the similarities um, it, it's impressive and it's very unique that you brought all those things up. So now it gives me a little more to think about. Yeah, most definitely. And you know, with just with college football changing and then knowing that you're talking about, I mean, Utah is a premier, a premier program now um, to where they're, they are a legitimate top 10 top football program across the nation to where it's like, um, you know, we say like, hey, they share this history, you know, maybe 20 years ago, we would never thought they would share this history. But now it makes sense. You know, uh, when you got Utah, USC, the premier programs. Um, on the West Coast of, um, of, of the United States, um, you, they're going to go back and forth with the, with the top or uh, becoming coaches. So, I mean, I, I think it's just a, um, a testimony what have uh, what Kyle Whittingham has done with the program to where he's, he's um, mentored and built great coaches to where other programs want them, you know, and, um, and, and top schools going to seek them out. So um, kudos to Coach Whittingham. It's just um, – too bad for coach that's on the other side of the, uh, on the field because uh, we're hoping our youth go out there and stump them out uh, this, this uh, weekend. Speaking of Coach Whittingham, he was on staff when you guys played uh, USC in the Las Vegas Bowl. Morgan Scally, also a player at that time, a little freshman at the time. Uh, talk, talk about these familiar faces still being involved with the team that you played for. <laughs> well, I, I, Go ahead, Antoine. No, no, you go first. Go ahead. No, I, 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 I think it's awesome, man. Like I said, it's, it's a great testimony to see, like, uh, Coach Whittingham actually, like, um, like I said, one of the premier coaches. Um, he's out there, and um, you know, when you when you click on ESPN or Fox or whatever uh, network channel, they're always talking about Kyle Whittingham, how great of a coach he is, and how great of a coaching staff he is. And the same thing with Morgan Scally. Like, who would have known 20, 20 years from now, Morgan Scally would be. Uh, uh, one of the top defensive coordinators across the nation. You know, he came in as a, a running back wide receiver. He transitioned over to safety, and that now he's the guy. And uh, he's running that same Utah defense red line that they run to the ball, big, fast physical defense that we did 20 years ago. So it's it's super awesome and exciting. Yeah, uh, Coach Whittingham, yeah, he was our defensive coordinator, and he'd always draw up a great game plan. So as far as going into games and being prepared, we were never not prepared. Uh, we always call it a good game to let both of us and safeties get involved in a lot of the action on the field. And so for him to transition from being the defensive coordinator to the head coach and then hold on to this position as long as he has, and they've seen the success over the years, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then you have Morgan Scally, uh, like AP was just saying. Uh, Scally was, yeah, like you said, he was on the offensive side of the ball, then he was a returner. Then all of a sudden, he found himself in the safety room with us. <laughs> and so um, that was pretty cool. I just remember sometimes I'd be like, <laughs> so he could come in and give me a quick little breather. And then I run back out on the field. But then after I left, he, he took over the reins at the safety spot and held it down. 
And then he did great enough. You know, I think he went down with um, Urban Myron. I think he went one year down to Florida, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then came back to the University of Utah and been there ever since. And, um, you know, then coordinated a great defense. It, it, talk about Morgan as a young player. What, what do you guys remember most about him? Did you ever, like, tease him or give him advice? And, and what do you think about him now that he's kind of in this position that he's in with Utah? <laughs> I I just remember first meeting Morgan Scally and um I can't remember the actor's name, but I always when I saw him, I just thought of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You know, uh, <laughs> Morgan was this like this really nice, goofy guy <laughs> uh, with a lot of energy, right? He, he's he's always happy go lucky guy. He, he he's always saying the right thing. He had this really um I would say back in these days like a really like um. Uh, Unique haircut. <laughs> a little different. Were you like, are you a football player? <laughs> but he was. Uh, but hey, Morgan has had a lot of energy, very positive. I mean, um, you knew he was something special, you know, um, that he was going to be a heartbeat for, the, for this program. And he, he is still to this day uh, to where it's like, uh, it's exciting to kind of see him out there because, like, uh, you, you see that same smile. You see that intensity he has on his face. Uh, he's he's a natural leader, man. So it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. Now I thought he was um he was fairly quiet at first when he got in the safety room. Um, he all you know he always had little jokes here and there. He was a good guy the whole time. So me getting to know him, even when I see him today, he's the exact same person he was whenever we were in school together and playing ball, uh, which I think the young men are benefiting a great deal from. So for, again, for him to be you know achieving the success he's having. Um, after, you know, I feel like we were all grunts, like young guys playing football, you know, um, and seeing us, the maturation process over the years is pretty unique. Talk about watching this program progress from Ronnie Mack, who you guys had, you just barely missed the Urban Meyer era uh, by like a year. And then how, how it's taken off from that. (laughs) I would say um, the way the program is excelling now, I mean, I'm here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so when they when building out the building is going up, with different construction things are going on, and I'm just – then I get a chance to go up there and I see things, I'm like, this is unbelievable. I, I mean, the footprint of the program, I would have signed the first day back then. Like when I came out for my visit, it was nothing like what they have today. I mean, it's like a five-star hotel if you like – I want to find something to rate it off of. And I, we always sit back and like, man, these guys are spoiled. So every time I go up to the facility, like I literally go down to one of the little hot spots right next to the weight room. <laughs> and they got free snacks and goodies. Like, I'm deserving to take a few, you know, it's okay. So I might throw a little bit of my backpack. But, I mean, overall, it's actually really beautiful to see. Because, again, we had a bubble. Now they got an indoor facility. They got... We had this hard field in the back where we practiced that. They got these nice two turf fields. They got a barbershop in the building. Like, it's unbelievable. And then they just added the new stuff to the stadium. The guys could eat around the clock. We used to be hungry. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to get something to eat from. So, you know, um, what's, this, what's the piece of toast? We always say, well, Toastinos? Toast, um, oh, yeah. The little dollar pieces. Toastinos. Yeah, <laughs> we can always go get a bunch of those pieces. But now these guys got five; they got shifts. 
gourmet chefs in the facility that's cooking for them around the clock. And so, you know, they're taking care of the guys. And I think the, the blueprint that they have up there and what they're doing and what they're, the, the plans that they have in the future, I think is amazing for the program. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. Like the University of Utah, Utah Utes is, is an official brand. Like they are an American brand to where kids, not only in Utah, but across the nation, dream about playing football at the University of Utah. I mean, yeah. 20 years ago, I remember when I got recruited by Utah, and I remember when uh, Fred Woodham came to Vegas and, um, you know, told me where he was from. I, I'm like, where is the state of Utah? I don't even know where it's at. It was right next door. <laughs> <laughs> so for kids that actually dream about the University of Utah now um, and playing for them, and, and, when, and when I wear this this hat or, or this sweatshirt, people know exactly what it is. I think it's an amazing thing, you know. Um, they definitely made some strides and changes throughout the years. Uh, like I said, all you can do is give your flowers to uh, to Coach Whittingham because uh, man, he 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 made it a, a true national brand. So it's, it's really awesome. Last year, the program reached its highest heights, uh, getting getting their first Pac-12 championship, and then of course going to the Rose Bowl. Arnold, for you specifically, where you're a Las Vegas native, what was it like for you to see your old college team roll into town? And put that beat down on the Ducks. And now to turn around a year later and see them potentially be able to do that again against a team like USC. You, you know, Michelle, it's crazy because um, I, I don't eat duck meat, but duck meat was good that day last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's really awesome. I was at both games at the um, the Pac-12 championship. And to see Utah go in there and, like, they, not only just just win the game, but, like you said, put a beat down on the Ducks. Uh, that was amazing. You got to remember, um, when we started, you know, e- even before I even got there, Utah went from the WAC conference to the Mountain West to where you're, you're, Pac-12, you're Pac-12 champions, right? That's a historically your Power 5 champion. Um, that's amazing, right? And then to go into the Rose Bowl and have an amazing game against um, Ohio State, um, I mean, all you, like I said, all you can do is tip your hat off to, um, to, to Utah and this program and how far they came because it was a dream just to be on that stage. Now, every single year, they get an opportunity. Even at the beginning of the season, Utah was projected uh, top four top four program for um, in the country to where they wanted to see Utah compete in the um, the college football series. So just to get that much respect throughout the country and be in the place that position, the, the position that they're in today, uh, is nothing more than amazing. Utah has another great actually not even just set, but like a, a couple of great safeties. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Cole Bishop, uh, RJ Hubert, Sione Vaki, Clay and Eastbell. Like they've all played, they've all done really well. What's it like for you two as former safeties in, in that safety pride room to see these young guys come up and have the kind of success that they're starting to have? Uh, I think it's a uh, go ahead. You want to go first? Oh, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, it was so funny because Antoine, we Antoine and I were just talking about this the other day. <laughs> um, the first thing I'm going to say is, um, you're welcome, because we're the post <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it was rare to see two six-foot-two-plus um, safeties, 200-pound-plus 200, 200 safeties that could actually go out there and run and make plays. And now to see that, that that's that's Utah's pretty much um, – that's that's what they do from this point forward. For the past twenty years, they always have big corners, big safety. So um, 
Uh, it's amazing. Um, they are excellent players, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you guys are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's um, it's a great thing. I mean, one thing we, we talk about all the time, like if you play defensive back and you go to the University of Utah, sky's the limit. You will more than likely you're gonna have an opportunity to go to the next level. Uh, for one reason, they recruit guys that that can excel at that position: speed, agility, height, um, sideline to sideline. Uh, you know, got a nose for the football, playmakers, and so they have the blueprint, they have the formula, and they put the guys in great situations. So you know, if you're a safety and you have great range, they're gonna highlight that you have great range. They're gonna play a lot of man coverage. You know, so they're going to give you a chance to showcase your skill set. That skill set is on display for not only for what you guys are doing and what they're doing in the conference and helping them win games, but it's also uh, on display for professional football coaches across the country. It's 32 teams. So I think they've been doing a great job. And if you just look at the track record every year, there's guys coming out of there going into the NFL and guys are having pretty much, they're having staying careers where it's not just in and out. Guys are actually getting in there and having an opportunity to play for a good period of time. So it's a beauty to see. And these guys that they have now, they're, you know, they they lit the match, the flame is lit, and they're standing out there and they're doing their job. So that's great to see. I I think one of the interesting things about what Utah's doing currently now is they still have a mix of, I mean, back in the day, you guys were under the radar guys that maybe fell through the cracks, had you know, issues with grades, whatever, that made you kind of fall down to where Utah could grab you and they saw potential in you and brought it out. Uh, now they don't necessarily have to rely on that so much. They can get guys like Clark Phillips, like Jalen Johnson in, but yet they still also tend to find the Julian Blackmans that are maybe a little more of a project. What do you think about that mix on the roster of guys that are kind of ready to go and guys that, you know, are maybe more projects are under the radar? Well, it's a beauty in the sense that if you have a coaching staff or a coach that believes in you that much, that they're going to give you the opportunity to develop. And that's one of the things. I love the fact that the transfer, the transfer portal exists, but I also think it can be a detriment to a lot of young men. The fact that guys are jumping into the portal before, and I think a lot of guys are jumping in the portal before they're actually ready to play. So they feel like, oh, I got a four-star, three-star, five-star rating. I should actually be playing right away. And it's one of those things where it's like, you're a young guy. You got a guy that's been in the program three years, four years. He understands how to go to class. He understands things he needs to do in the weight room. He knows the playbook in and out. You're coming in. You got to get acclimated in the weight room. You got to learn the playbook. Uh, yeah, you may be uber-talented. Uh, you may be a little raw, but allow yourself time to be refined. And I think they're doing a great job of, you know, getting the upper echelon, getting guys that could be upper echelon, but they, they're a little raw, need a little bit more work. And then those guys sticking with it and then finding out their niche within the program and then it benefiting them by them going out there and having an excellent play on the field. So I think it's a huge uh, – I think they have, they've been having a huge success in that aspect. Yes, most definitely. I think it's a testament to – what type of program they have um, beyond the field. Because um, you know the type of guy that you're looking for and you're able to get that guy. But at the same time, you have coaches that's invested to watching film, um, creating relationships and bringing a guy that no one knows about the diamond in the rough to where they can bring them in uh, and keep them there and, and, and sharpen their skills while they're there. You know, so you're when we call it out here, the roles that grew from the concrete, right? No one was watching, but you still grew and you overshadowed 
um, all your adversities. And that's what they do. So, um, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a it's a testament to um, Kyle Woodenham's leadership uh, and a testament to where they're truly developing youth and within their program. Utah's already played USC once this season. I'm sure you both watched it. What were your thoughts on that first round between these two teams? And what do you think needs to be taken from those game from that game and applied to this week's game? Containment, containment, containment. Um, Caleb Williams, um, he could have went wild against them. Uh, I think every game that Utah lost, at least I know the, I think about the Florida game, I think about the US, even though USC, uh, the USC game was close. The quarterbacks got outside the pocket and made plays. Um, I think if Utah contains them, keep the quarterback within the pocket, uh, they got a great chance of winning um, and to continue to play fast. But you definitely got to contain the quarterback. Don't let them get don't let them get outside the pocket. And then um, on offense, stay physical. Um, USC, as you can see, just throughout uh, the season, they struggle uh, with um, stopping the run and keeping the score down. So stay physical. Cam Rising, we have he's an awesome quarterback. Uh, we need the receivers to make some plays. Um, I know our tight ends that beat up a little bit, but they they still make plays each and every day. The running back step up, uh, but we got to stay physical with the run game. Receivers got to make plays. Um, you know, and, and that's it. It's going to be a shootout. We know it's going to be a shootout. USC can put up points, but um, you know, play 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 physical on offense and uh, keep contained on defense. That'd be my message to the team. Yeah, definitely offensively, play a physical brand of football. Pick your spots. Got to have a, a a handful of big plays here and there to offset things, but play a physical brand of football. And then, you know, when guys get a chance to make a play, make the play. And, you know, no no dumb penalties, things of that nature. Keep the game clean offensively. Uh, defensively, again, physical brand of football. Like AP said, keep the quarterback contained. Hit him every chance you get. And when you do get a chance to hit him, this is not the NFL, so you can lay on him. So make sure they hit him often, as often as possible. Uh, as far as, you know, coverage down the field, they just got to, you know, they got to shadow guys. They got to cover them all up. And when they get a chance to make a play, because he will throw, he will give you an opportunity to make a play on the ball. So when they get a chance to make a play on the ball, make a play on the ball. But ultimately, they can't allow them to get a fast start. So they got to slow them down. And I think we got to eat up as much clock as possible offensively with a physical brand of football running the ball. But again, we got to have a handful of explosive plays and then hopefully our special teams can get involved and get a couple of big plays there too. When you guys played USC in 2001, I I would probably describe you a little bit the island of misfit toys. You were you were people that were on no one's radar. Uh yet you came together and and you played a really good game. You gave, you know, highly desired guys a run for their money. Utah's not exactly in that position anymore. They they have their fair share of guys that everybody wants, uh, not quite to the same level as USC, but certainly a lot further along than they were in 2001. What, what, what do you see in this team that you maybe saw in, in yourselves in 2001? That's, that's, a great, that's a great question. What do we see? Honestly, they're definitely a, a – Utah's a – Oh, they're way more balanced when it comes to talent. Um, and with, with with this team right here, I'm, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest yeah. with you. Yeah. If you put me Antoine out there uh, 20 years ago today, 
we can we can definitely go out there and play without a doubt. I'm not, I'm not we're not just saying it just because it's just us and not being biased, but we definitely go play with any group of guys. I, I believe we have the physical talent to play with anyone. Um, but how I see them, they 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 have you know it's very unique, right? Um, like Cam Rising, I'm not he's he's an awesome quarterback. Like he's a special guy. Uh, he's definitely going to play on Sundays one day. Um, trying to think what team we have that we we had Cliff Russell. Our receiving core is probably a little bit stronger than their receiving core this year. But the you got the open offense. Uh, you got a, a you got a great quarterback. Uh, you got an open offense. You have what three or four elusive running backs. Um, the um, the Utah secondary is awesome. Um, you know, um, like you said with Bishop, I can't name all the other players in the backfield, but the cornerbacks they they have a lot of. Um, gifted guys out there and then with Morgan Scally doing the defense I think um he definitely mixes up a little bit more than uh, would have would have was more of a base defense um um Scally he goes after you he don't, he don't give you time to think he's gonna go out there and put some pressure on that quarterback um so um yeah they're they're definitely more balanced obviously you know um Utah's a, a stronger program today than it was 20 years ago um so that's one thing I would say um um, uh, oh, hey, you know, yeah, they're definitely more balanced. I feel like the talent, the talent is. I want that. I would say the talent is really close. If I look at it, the Cam Rising, Lance Rice, um, close. But I mean, when you talk about the skilled players from uh, the the DBs, obviously the cornerback positions might be a little bit stronger on on this side of the ball than it was back in the day. But I mean, the talent is pretty close. I'm trying to think with these Smith on our team at the time, Antoine. Steve no, he, he left the year I came. That was my first year, so he left. Okay. Yeah, so him and Dre were exiting. Yeah. Okay. I think we still have Cliff Russell, but I, I think I think we have some unique talent. Obviously, the offense and defense line. We, we, ooh, we had we had uh, Sape, Mike, Jason Kafusi. Yeah, just different times. Yeah, yeah. Tom so, guys, USC, USC ran a a, a a pro style offense, right? Two receivers. Now they run a spread offense. So it's just it's just a different time of age to where. Uh, your physicality, you know, because USC obviously has the speed, but Utah has the physicality that they can, um, they can put pressure on them. So, I mean, uh, it's, just, it's, it's just a different generation. That's what I would say, different generation. Yeah. I'll say the similarity. So, well, what I can what – I, what I see that I think kind of carries over is overall they're going to they're gonna fight and they got grit. And defensively, they're physical. So that physical brand of football that Coach Whittingham played when we were there, coached when we were there, um, you know, Scally learning underneath, underneath him, it has actually transferred over. Like AP said, he runs uh, – there's some things that are different that uh, Scally does as opposed to what Co Coach Whittingham did while we were there. But overall, I think they kept the main thing, the main thing, which is, hey, we're going to play a physical brand of football. We're going to hit her in the mouth and see who come out on top. And we're going to smother them as much as possible on defense. So just make plays when you got a chance to make plays. Um, offensively, it's, it's totally different. It, like, everything is spaced out. Um, even though it had been spaced out, we had a running game whenever we were there. And today, they still got a running game. They got several good running backs uh, on, on, the side, on both sides of the field. But I'm speaking more about Utah right now. But, again, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out, but that's kind of how I would see uh, the similarities when, uh, when it comes to both teams. 
real quick before I let you guys go, score score prediction or game prediction for for Friday. <laughs> oh man. Uh well I I you want I don't a one or a bias one? That's the question. <laughs> What's that? I said you want an honest prediction or a biased prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I have a score prediction, but I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict these guys are going to come out on top. <laughs> they're going to come out on top. <laughs> I, 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 I'll say 34-38 uh, uh, Utah wins. See you guys in, uh, in Pasadena. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I mean, you ask the U boys, the U boys are going to win. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right guys well i appreciate the time and the insight that you've given uh and hopefully we can have you back on here soon to talk about other things as as they come up most definitely appreciate you having us yes thank you thank you michelle absolutely that was antoine sanders and arnold parker part of asap back in the early 2000s talking about the Las Vegas Bowl against USC. Uh, Utah is now facing a similar matchup on a neutral field. First time in, gosh, almost 20 years that these two are meeting on a neutral field. They've met several times since then, now that they're conference mates. But this is the first time they're back on a neutral field. So many similarities, parallels between these two games. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. This is Michelle Bodkin. You have been listening to the Crimson Corner. Hopefully I will see a bunch of you out in Las Vegas for the game on Friday. And as always, go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. <laughs>the story of an american held in a dark venezuelan prison then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up they pointed their guns at me and this is the point where i thought i'm gonna die today i'm becky bruce i spent a year working on hope in darkness which now has more than two million downloads find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts